Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Episode one, we're going to talk about how our children rock their relationships with others. So tonight I have Jen Dunn from Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello. Rachel Flanagan from St. Paul, Minnesota. Hi. Jamie Ramos from Denver, Colorado. Hello. And Kim McIsaac from Boston, Massachusetts. Hi. And myself, Tabitha Cabrera from Phoenix, Arizona. So tonight we would just want to give you um, a little look into who our kids are, how they form relationships, and what that looks like throughout their life. We have all different ages of kids here, so it's going to look differently for each one of us. Um, Jamie, do you want to start with your children, your lovely children, who they are? Yeah, so I have two children. Jesse is six and he is autistic. And then I also have so far a neurotypical two-year-old named Amelie. For Jesse, relationships are different than most children. He doesn't connect in the same way. Jesse's always, since he was pretty young, had the desire to interact with other children and not all adults, but some adults, but he doesn't understand at all how to initiate that. That's still something we work on. You know, currently it's at the place where if kids are playing, instead of like jumping in and saying, hey, can I play? You're jumping into imaginary play and stuff. He doesn't quite have that language. He'll just start running around them or laughing really hard or, you know, what most people would perceive as very awkward. And it's hard for me to watch because kids will look at him strangely or make fun of him and it breaks my heart. I think some of the things that have really helped him, he's always been around other children. So when he was a baby, my brother lived with us for a little while and he has a daughter. She's nine months older than Jesse. And so he always had a kind of a playmate in that way. And then my sister had a son who lives near us. And so he's always had cousins surrounded by cousins. So that's helped in some ways where he's always had like a pal. That also was confusing when it came around, um, diagnosis for us it's because I was like well he has a relationship with these kids I just didn't realize that it's because that relationship was built in and he didn't have to initiate or build that up and it was just confusing for me because I was like well he plays with his cousins but he wasn't playing with other kids his first interactions outside of uh, family were a nursery at church and he would just go and be so uncomfortable I always say that my son has always just been uncomfortable in the real world. Like there's no other way to describe it. And he would just cry the whole time. He might get excited if another kid's running, then he would run, but he did not understand sharing or playing. And, you know, when the time came where it's supposed to be like parallel play, that kind of happened, but then it just stuck at parallel play a lot longer than it should. And then when he got to preschool, I think that's when we started noticing this thing he does where usually he makes friends with a really outspoken girl and and it's like a a bossy girl. And it's still to this day, he's at an autism center and his best friend is a bossy girl who like, make sure he's has his backpack, make sure he does this. I think he gets this from me where he, uh, he's always like, okay, if you're going to do that for me, great. (laughs) So that's kind of where he is with friendships. I think, um, family relationships have always been kind of weird, but he has a little sister now. And I, I feel like that's helped him a lot. They play together. The other day we caught him playing make-believe with her, which is like, 
never like he used to pretend to talk on the phone when he was really little uh but now we think that was more scripting mimicking uh so he was like acting out and we're not sure if he saw something on youtube in this situation where he's playing imagination but he was doing it with his sister and he's like hey let's go save our sunny bunnies which are these toys he has let's go save them we're superheroes and it was so cute and so i think watching their dynamic is really interesting and also how his little sister who's only two kind of takes care of him she'll be you know if he's upset she'll ask him what's wrong he's really bad about communicating what he wants so if he wants a certain song and I start guessing or I usually can figure it out what it is by like the way he's acting I'll play the song and she'll be like is this the right one and he'll be like yeah it's so sweet to watch so that's been the coolest relationship I think Hmm. what about you Jen what about Kaya girl and her relationships well Kaya I think like a lot of kids on the spectrum doesn't understand appropriate play So we're in the stage right now where she'll walk up to someone and say, what's your name? Like just in their (laughs) face, what's your name? And a lot of people are taken aback by it. Jamie, the same thing. I will catch kids snickering and, you know, it takes all 48 years of me to compose myself to not tell a little seven-year-old off. To be honest, I want to tell a little snotty seven-year-old off. And it's hard because I understand that children she's different. She twirls and stims and flaps and, you know, it's, so for other children, it's confusing. And so it's just Kai and I, but, you know, I wouldn't really say she has any friends. It's very sad. She doesn't have a friend that comes over and plays with her. Sure. I have friends and have kids and, you know, they're great. She loves these children. She tends to gravitate towards younger children, I think, because she has more in common with them. But it, it's sad. You know, I, I said that I stopped having play dates because as much as Kaya wants to be around another kid, she has nothing in common with them. So I ended up having a play date with a seven-year-old and having <laughs> through the conversation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I also feel bad for the other kid because it's this, you're kind of stuck in this moment of time. And I don't, I don't have a very big family, but my brother and my sister-in-law are her people. They are her people. Mm. And for my daughter, it's really just Kaya likes to, you know, she'll tell you what color eyes you have, what color hair you have. And kind of understanding the way to connect with her is just what my family does. And so she has a great relationship with my brother and my sister-in-law and my mom. She has a great relationship with my mom. And your nephew. Yes, and my nephew, which they, he didn't like her for a really long time. (laughs) He was the only grandchild. Yeah. And, you know, and then you bring a baby into the mix and I, you know, Facebook memories are a great thing and a sad thing, but I chuckled because a memory came up the other day and it was the two of them on the floor together doing something. And I said, finally, friends, you know, (laughs) he said, I don't like baby Kaya, (laughs) like get this kid away from me. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, when you're in our life, you have to have an iPad at a level 10 and you know, accept it or get away. It's just how it is. So my yeah. family's amazing about it. And I'm very thankful for that. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? I have that lane of uh, the busy girl, I believe James said, you know, that, that, um, what do you call her? Bossy, bossy girl. <laughs> I have the one that Jesse would be friends with. Seely is wildly social. By that, I really mean that she would run up to a stranger. She'd get in that van. She would chase that puppy. 
So, you know, although it was really cute at three that she wanted to deliver hugs to the people at Target, we're dealing now at six with appropriateness. And I think for us, COVID helped in a sense because it put this hard kibosh on touching strangers and getting too close and a six foot social distance discussed in the news every night. And, you know, for the period of time when we were kicking into COVID, it helped like that helped us a bit. I feel like we still have safety issues and her inability to read cues, which really means that Steely has a lot of parallel play. Like she's playing with slime. Well, her friends feel like they're playing with slime with her. She's playing with slime separate while they play with slime over there. And it could be the same table. Like if you're not following her expectations for what play is, then you you just happen to be doing the same damn thing right over there. Um, for us, we have navigated that because we live in a townhome community with like, you know, the big long boulevard and the dream of all the driveways with the kids coming out. That would just be trigger city if I didn't get in there with her and manage what, like how you relationship. And, um, so there's a lot of like, honey, don't be a sasshole. And, uh, (laughs) we want kind friends, not bossy buddies. And I sort of have become like the camp counselor of this boulevard. And like, it's lots of sensory play and lots of swinging. We've got a swing in our garage. Kids come over and they sort of know to do her thing. And they also know my safe words where I'm like, well, you got to go home this instant. Or she didn't mean to throw that at you. Please go home now. Or tell your parents to text me. I'll tell them all about the incident, but she's, she's this like extraordinary combination. I feel like with the imagination is her scripting minus or plus of one flexible choice. That's sort of how we got to imagination, like Elsa wearing a Barbie dress. Um, So we're still learning how to play. And I don't know, we just bring the troops into the Flanville day camp and make sure they know the safe words. (laughs) Does she get frustrated when they don't like, that's a thing with Jesse. He gets very frustrated when kids don't play his way. So that's why he usually chooses to just do it on his own. So she did. um, These kids know her quite well. Now, something that we used at the beginning is we always had our stroller set up, like meaning just like tipped up. It was a baby city, baby, mini city, something or other. And the, the like pull down shade on this stroller was so low that it would like hit her at the navel. And so she would go in for brain breaks. So if we were playing on the street, the stroller would come out. If the kids were in our garage, she would just bop into that instead of being a sasshole. Like she learned very quickly, which is great. Lucky for us that she learned quickly that I would just send everybody home. Like, because she can't be safe. So please get out of here. Or she can manage it herself in the stroller brain break moment. And they'll still be here playing slime when she's done. What about you, Kim? For her, it's a little different. She's doesn't, she's not verbal. She doesn't have the awareness and she definitely didn't have it when she was younger. Pretty much when she was younger, she connected. It would be like us, her brother. Those were her, we were her people, um, her grandmother. My, my dad had a really close relationship with her. My husband's mother and my mother, you know, everybody kind of accommodated as much as they could, which was great. She kind of just did her own thing for her. A long time. I think one of the things that really helped her was when I had more children. So there's a almost six year span between her and my third child, and then an eight year span between her and my fourth child. And I think it was almost like watching them grow 
and do things she kind of observed and then you know made kind of connections with them and they started trying to make connections with her and they would kind of show her so if like we went somewhere it was like she would just follow along with them I mean a relationship is kind of not your typical relationship because she doesn't have the back and forth that normally you would have she mostly has made connections with adults she never really cared for children very much um, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me about Alyssa <laughs> I think like that and she would like when she picks her person like if she has a person at school like that one teacher is her person like yeah. she doesn't want to be bothered also with the other teachers Who's and, the like, loon in the dory movie it's like that like when you look directly into the loon's eyes it's your person <laughs> yeah so she, she like kind of would just whoever she connected with that would be who that person was with the exception of like she tolerated like when we had family she would tolerate other kids being around but she kind of just pretty much ignored them her brother and her had a lot of physical like you know they do like the rough housing and the tickling and kind of stuff like that obviously as she's grown she's become more aware and more engaged and I think like I have a niece who's four years old and I see her really trying to interact and engage with her. And it was like the same thing. It was like, she was born and she was like, okay, I'll tolerate this baby, I guess. <laughs> and then as she kind of grew, you know, she's around a lot. So she kind of got in her little, you know, and my niece is really good with her, but she can be like really fresh too. So it's like, there's kind of like a little bit of a, but she'll let my niece come in and touch her stuff. She doesn't let anyone come in her room and touch her stuff. And she's had a lot of progress in this area. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if a lot of it has to do with my niece or it's just the time that it was happening because it was almost like that same thing where she's like watching her and she's kind of learning from her because everything's, you know, everything slows down. Um, so she does really love her and like they'll play together. It's really cute. And I actually have another niece who Mia, she um, kind of learned that like, if she was like, Oh, Alyssa do this, Alyssa would do that. Like if they're in the pool and all the big kids were doing their own thing. And Mia was like stuck kind of without being able to go say out deep. And she'd be like, Alyssa do this and Alyssa would like do what she said so like they kind of have like a little kind of connection too that's really cute my niece is like oh somebody's gonna just play with me and do what I say <laughs> like I said she doesn't play in the typical way because she's only very recently even been able to learn to play a game or anything like that so it's kind of hard like you ha you kind of have to go into her yeah. world and we've been very fortunate with our family you know they've always done that for her so it's not the same it's like she doesn't realize if somebody's not going to play with her because she doesn't care. She's not really aware of it. Although I will say last summer, I noticed some kids playing at the pond. They were like playing catch and I noticed her staring at them. It was almost like, I think she, because now my children are getting older. Now they're 16 and 18. Like this was all well and good when they were six and eight and when they were nine and 11 and so on and so forth. But now like my daughter who's 18, she doesn't want to go in the water. She wants to, you know, work on her tan. So like, <laughs> Alyssa's kind of losing that because she's always had that and now it's like they're not going to go to the playground and like go down the slides like do you know what I'm saying so she's kind of lost that like thing so I did see her looking but like she doesn't have language to say oh can you play with me and it was kind of sad you know it's like she just sat there and my sister will be great like she'll go in if she saw her and she like went in and actually sat playing with her but like you know it was almost like she doesn't know how to insert herself like and how could she she doesn't have language so it's it's very interesting but like she is wanting to be more engaged and wanting to be around people more and wanting that interaction like I definitely and at school they say she's pretty social you know 
but she's kind of just laid back and like she laughs if someone does something funny like if someone trips she'll laugh and like she's not like she doesn't have a lot of that like anger and stuff like that so she's just very pleasant so I think the people that other like adults I guess they're adults but they're drawn kind of to her they say my daughter is very social as well and she wants to play with other children and the school actually thinks that's a lot of maybe what's happening is she just doesn't know how to appropriately make a friend and so Mm -hmm. I'm sad for her because I see it and I see it Kim like you said I see her wanting to join but when she tries she doesn't appropriately try to join and Mm so it puts children off because kids are little assholes I'm just gonna say it and they're just not kind little people when it comes to our children and so until they learn until they learn yeah and I mean my neighborhood is proof of that I'm her mother and I see her wanting to be friends with these children and she just doesn't know how to do it. See, I think her and Kaya would get along great because Kaya would just like be dragging her around and she would just go along and do whatever like (laughs) and she would enjoy it. And then Kaya would like the fact that like somebody would just be, you know, doing whatever, you know, she wanted. Every night, Alyssa, adult astronaut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know. I noticed like when we're on a call and if she can hear one of the kids, she'll come right over to see. So she is a lot I more was interested. Say that. Our, our more- kids have a thing. Our kids definitely have a thing. And I think from my view, it's hard for me to see progress in Celie's relationships in a certain way. Um, like until you like whoops a daisy, there's a bestie. Uh, like you don't realize that there's progress, but I have watched on our calls and in our life as a group of five, I have had friendship, genuine love friendship with Kaya Dunn, a spontaneous conversation with our group. Like Kim, your daughter is acting out with Tai Tai, what she can't say naturally and easily among her own process. And then she brought a mini mouse in the mix. Like there is progress. I mean, it's crazy cool to see because from my view, like we're at six, my kid, yeah, I will say like peaked at four and we've been in a slide since. So to see progress being made at 11 years old, spontaneous conversation for the first time with their mom's friends, like bringing Minnie in after it was so incredible that she was putting pants on tie tie. Like she knows what a pair of pants is. She knows that they go on legs. You've got four, let's do the dang thing. Like she's, I think it's so cool. We know your children but we don't know your children. We know them, but we don't know them. And we're watching them from afar through the internet and seeing all these changes. You know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I have two children, both autistic, a four and a half year old, Nixon and Nora, who's two. And they are polar opposites (laughs) as far as personalities go. My son is sweet, natured, social, just, like the sweetest little gem on this planet he we've been told at his program that he helps other kids in his program be more social because he's so social he likes to engage with kids he doesn't necessarily know how to play with them the way that you would think a four and a half year old knows how to play with other kids but he he will like side by side play with them or they do um gifts to little buddies that he token the dinosaur club so they all love dinosaurs and they'll chase each other and build towers and stuff like that so for him 
relationships I have seen where he's tried to engage with other kids like at the park or neurotypical kids his age and he does have a hard time I just feel like kids his age lose interest quick like if another kid's not jumping on board with what they're doing or what they're playing or whatever they're like okay see you later (laughs) yeah you do your thing he is more drawn to adults too as a person he likes to be around adults and he's just like the kind he'll give you his last snack he'll share unless it comes to his sister (laughs) and then Nora is I also have a very bossy girl on my hands (laughs) over here she know her program describes her as knowing what she wants (laughs) that is a very gentle way to put it isn't it she's like Alyssa's spirit animal I swear (laughs) she really is and so she's kind of more fine with being by herself like she we haven't seen her engage with other kids really she'll play next to them but she doesn't want them really touching her stuff that she has she she'll tell you how it is she definitely bosses her brother around hands down and just recently he realized that he's bigger than she is and so she'll like try and push him out of the way and then he'll just like keep her at arm's distance you know like you can't get close enough to do anything to me little one and they kind of maneuver around each other I noticed most of the time like she does watch him and look up to him like the things that he's doing like swimming especially like she'll watch him swim she'll um, watch what he's doing as a little sister I think yesterday actually she's recently started saying dada again and she anytime yeah anytime I want to put her to bed she climbs into Nick's arms as like he's gonna protect her from going to bed (laughs) and I went to pick her up last night and she was like dada dada and then Nixon looks over his shoulder at her with a half smirk and he says dada in a question mark like he was listening for the first time that she actually had language so I think once maybe once she starts developing language hopefully in the future they'll be able to engage with each other more but they just are just so funny the two of them because she is so spirited from the jump from birth that girl was spirited (laughs) and she's really sweet with us too I mean she likes to be cuddly she likes to be touched which is a misconception about our kids that they don't want to be close with people because they really do want to have relationships however don't touch them the minute they don't want to yes (laughs) and I say that they to be a generalization because that is universally true when it's over (laughs) yes please don't touch me if I'm mad (laughs) Yes. yes Yeah. So that's kind of what we have going on in our house. But I I do agree that sometimes it can be, it can feel when you're watching them try and engage with others, it can feel sad a little bit, but I also don't know if they really know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're putting that. She did watch her put her head down and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like for my kids, my age, I don't know if they really like, no, like, if Nixon would know that he, that the kids are running away from him, you know what I mean? Um, probably as he gets older. Yeah. It might be a thing. I think that's one thing I've learned from a lot of autistic adults. They do notice. I think there is an age for a lot of kids. They don't notice those cues. They don't notice those cues from our kids. Like my son will just kind of walk away and they'll be like, why were we (laughs) just playing? And then you just walked away. I get that. That's confusing to those kids. What I've learned is that like, they do notice and sometimes they don't react the way we would react they don't immediately cry or tattletale and so sometimes I do notice that with Jesse like he just looks a little disheartened he gets a lot of that where like um 
he'll be playing with a kid and then another kid comes around who's more mm. engaging and he'll yeah. get left behind. And now that we're at six and getting older, I'm starting to notice that he kind of like reacts a, a little bit. And then later on, he's kind of upset and he doesn't, he, I don't even know if he understands why, but I think it does have an effect. And so. Yeah. He definitely has learned lonely, like in the last two years, like, and that there is a difference and that these kids, she can watch them from the window, can go from house to house and be outside and like do that meanwhile she needs permission and a helicopter mom and like it's a thing I mean she is lonely she knows what she's missing she knows exactly and I think that develops for neurotypical children too at a certain age right for my kids they're young and yeah you know Nixon definitely knows he has friendships now in his program where they're all his peers but as he gets older, he has a sensitive heart. So I, I think COVID probably is, was a turning point for us too, with friendships and like her realizing because everything stopped and there was a lot of language around like how we can't go, how we don't go, how we like friendship has to change, how we're going to FaceTime and that's going to be enough. Like if I could have told her, Hey, you're about to fall, fall in love with all these kids, my internet friends, moms on the mm-hmm. FaceTime and it will sustain you. We can watch them online. <laughs> I know well, one time um, I was talking to Alyssa about her friends at school and I was like oh do you have friends at school and she just signs yes and it's hard to know exactly what she's understanding I don't know if she even completely gets what I'm saying but I was like oh who's your friends and then just to see what she was saying she goes mama oh <laughs> it was so cute and then I was like who else and she was like dada and she like and then she named like her sisters it was just like we're like oh we'll be your friends oh, <laughs> it, was, it was really cute so like she did get it to a degree but it's just fun because it's like well know. don't you think that our kids like for me I definitely know that my relationship with my children is elevated because of autism it is mm-hmm. we are connected on a level that is a vibration it's a anticipation it's a slowing down like there's devotion. so many devotion, patience. I mean, all mothers have this, but I think when you're dealing with autism specifically, there's a different lens that you're yes. parenting in. And I think especially if there's communicate, not necessarily not verbal, but like if there's communication issues, like you have to really be when so you're in the tune. Decoder. Yeah. You got to be so in tune to like so much more than what they're just saying. Like, I mean, right. I know certain things I can just look at her I look at her and I immediately can sense that something is off with her you know right. it could be a look in her eyes it could be yeah. you know things that are are so subtle subtle part of it is natural but like it's to such a different level if you're not paying attention and especially if you have nonverbal, you would miss so I would miss so much well I think you're cued into your kids as mothers and fathers too but I think you're you're no matter what you're cued into your kids. And then when you're, you are the decoder of all the things mm-hmm. in their life, you're even more cued in. And we, we have to anticipate changes and shifts in mood. Or if you're waking up to a day that might be hard, you try and buffer that in some way. And that relationship is built around your physical space with them and observing um, them as a person, which is also pretty fascinating. Cause I think when kids learn language really quickly, like, and I don't know, maybe Jamie, you can speak to this about Amelie and, and Jesse, the difference, but 
like for me, I've only parented autistic children at this point, you know, so I only know how to look at my kids in this very narrowed in space. And it also gives me the opportunity to just be with them and see who they are without having to them to tell me that I get to just feel and try and understand who they are by what they're doing and what they're putting out into the world. So it's something special for sure. Yeah. I was just about to talk about that. Like, I think since we're so close to those developmental years for a child, the first five to six years, the difference between my kids is like insane. I, especially Amelie's a girl, Jesse's a boy. There's always differences there when it comes to development, but it's almost this thing of like, Amelie is so much more independent and she's only two years old. She was independent pretty, pretty early on. And so I know my daughter very well. In some ways I know her, it's easier to know her because she has that communication. She can talk very well, Mm -hmm. but in other ways, like I know everything I, she's more unpredictable in other ways. I can look at Jesse and I know exactly what's coming. I know how he's feeling. I know that he's about to burst into tears and how to navigate that, how to prevent that or how to help with that. You know, I can look at him and be like, he needs space. We got to go. And people look at me like I'm crazy. People like, oh, you're coddling him. You're, I'm like, no, I'm avoiding a breakdown in front of all these other kids or wherever we're at. I'm helping him regulate because Amelie can regulate on her own. Okay. She's two. So yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, I know that she can get upset and recover and he can't. And so there's, it's a, interesting dynamic to see like in some ways they're very similar but other ways I'm like it's like raising two completely different type of children and so just being in the thick of that right now it's so interesting to watch because I love both my kids equally it's the same but my relationship with Jesse is a lot more dependent him on me and me on him like we'll we also say he needs you pals. He needs you more on some levels in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I want to loop back to my comment about children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think as a parent, I probably, if I didn't have a daughter with special needs, I want to be clear, I'm kind and I, I love children and I was, I would always encourage playing with other children, but I don't think I would have understood on the level that I understand now, how important it is to teach your children to be kind how important it is to teach your children to understand differences. And I understand that a six and seven year old don't do that. So I wanna be clear on my previous statement about that. But Kaya was nonverbal until she was five. And I think it was her fifth birthday. Um, and I had all the kids from her class. And I remember one of the kids said, why doesn't she talk? And my, my best girlfriend's daughter or sister knelt, kneeled down and said, Kaya speaks with her hands because we signed. And I was like, I've never thought about explaining it that Kaya talks with her hands. And I just thought that was a great explanation to another little five-year-old to explain why my daughter wasn't answering her back kind of thing. So yeah, we've had questions. (laughs) Teach your children kindness. Yeah. We've (laughs) had questions like that before too, especially with Nixon before he was verbal from other children and some, you know, little kids don't have a filter. Sometimes they're just like, Hey, why is your kid not talking? Uh, I can't really explain that to you in two minutes or in a way that you would understand, but (laughs) I will try my best, you know? And a lot of times for us, it's before we have a diagnosis. And so we don't really even have an explanation ourselves. Like all we can say is Mm -hmm. there's a language, you know, quirky was my jam. 
Yeah. Oh, she's got some quirks around this. Yes, she does. This is how we're going to navigate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's hard even if you don't know how to explain things to people or little kids. I find little kids the hardest because they just- I'd rather questions me. though than stares like that. Yes. Girl, yes. 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 You know? Me too. Me too. Well, I think if we explain it to kids, I, was, I think if we talk to our children about it, I think too, like sometimes- Jesse does that he'll play for a minute and then he just needs his space and he just walks away the same way other kids do to him and I'm sure it hurts that child's feelings and they're like what the hell man (laughs) (laughs) this guy's rude so the more we can like talk about it and like parents can explain Mm -hmm. it to their kids like I think Amelie hopefully will be really good like that because she sees it in her brother and she sees how he has to navigate relationships so hopefully if someone does that to her in her life she'll be like oh that's just what this guy needs he needs his space right now Oh, we were at Stop and Shop. It's a grocery store here, and um, I was paying at the register, and and Alyssa ran, and they had a bang, and it had like the grates because it was closed, and she went and she started shaking it, which was obnoxiously loud, but like whatever, like she wasn't hurting herself or anyone else, so it was fine. Um, but the lady who was just closing up the bank kind of yelled at her. I mean, she obviously didn't know that she had special needs. You couldn't tell. And my son went right up to her and goes. Just don't you yell at my sister. She, she has autism. I was just like, oh, he took, I was getting ready to like, you know, but he, he kind of took care of it. So like, yeah, I think sometimes to me, it's like, just explain it in the simplest way. And yeah, they do understand. They when Seeley's language came back, it was pretty clear that we were dealing with lots of echolalia. I always miss that first L. <laughs> Why do they have to do that? Like, yeah. Make it easier to say, right? Love of God. Anyway, yeah. So Celie, echolalia is a lot of uh, like mimicking. So they say it this, I say it this, and then she would repeat, 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 repeat it until it kind of logged into her memory bank. That is not how Webster would describe that, but that's the mom view, right? <laughs> and then she had scripting. And scripting is when you take little blips of what you know. And usually, again, there's a lot of repetition in building that script for her where she's logging those words and the inflection and the way that the person moved and all of that because it's off screens. But for Celie, when she was beginning to be faster than her awareness, like her body was quicker, safety was becoming a thing. It was all like ratcheted up because she's this Hellcat. We gave her the scripts to say, my name is Celie. I have autism. My brain works different. My heart is big and I run fast like Flojo. And I'm not kidding you. It has been three years of that script and it serves her. It serves her because she's able to say like, I don't know why you have a bitch face, but I have autism. Like I'm doing the best I can right here. <laughs> like if she gets talked down to um, and can figure that out or feel that she really will advocate for herself. And she doesn't know why, and she can't take it any further, but at least it's enough to be like, step off me. I need help. Yeah. Like Nixon's a comedian. He makes jokes. It's that he knows our jokes and it takes him a lot of practice to do it, but they're hilarious. Like he gets me crying sometimes. He's so funny. And he also picks up maybe some catchphrases we probably shouldn't have taught him. But I see this with Kaya a lot, Jen, because she likes to make you laugh. She likes to tickle you. She likes to be jokey, like in a goofy kind of friendly way. You can't way. even laugh loud without her charging. Like she loves it. 
take she tells backward jokes like she tells the joke and then laughs but she tells the punchline and she's, so she's trying but you know and yeah. that's funny yeah I love yeah, it, yeah. but she's close with you in that um physical space too like yeah. tickling you and wanting to be funny and or choking yeah. whatever suits her <laughs> I was like <laughs> are we not trying to say choke on the podcast what's going on we all know about it <laughs> to me, it looks like tickling. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, I think our kids are really um, interesting in the relationship realm because it it does look different, but it also looks the same. It's really strange. Like they want to be close with us. They do it in their own way. You also get a lot more because of the way that they build relationships with everybody and their personalities are like at a 10 sometimes, you know, they just come out <laughs> flying <laughs> that's for sure I definitely think a lot of them are like jokesters by yeah you know because that's a, and it's a, a way that they can relate because Alyssa will even you know she would be like bye-bye bye-bye like pretend she's leaving like you know <laughs> just so someone will be like you're not leaving get over here and then she laughs she thinks that's the funniest thing you know yeah. so- well that's our kids relationships they takeaway is teach your children kindness please and as adults please show our children kindness because they want to have relationships with you they want to build friendships and they are funny 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 kids so get to know them I challenge everybody that listens to table for five if you're not a special needs parent to become friends with and encourage your kid to understand because my daughter will show you a magic that you've never known existed mm. in this world. And if you're willing to go like a little bit Cindy Lauper song, a little bit RuPaul, a little bit all those <laughs> things, you get to see inside this world that you've never even known you were existing near. And yeah, yeah. it's super, super incredible to be the person who she's going to trust to, to hold her hand. No better place on the earth. And oh, if you need a birthing coach, my daughter is your girl. oh my gosh well this was episode one how our children rock their relationships coming next episode two we'll see you there Bye. bye thank you for joining us at the table for episode one of our relationship series join us next time as we discuss relationships with our partners after children If you are enjoying our podcast and wherever your listening allows, please remember to rate and review us. To join in on the conversation, make sure to follow us at facebook.com slash table for five podcasts or email us at table for five podcasts at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us at the table and we can't wait to see you soon.